0: Welcome to the Neural Network. We are now on Instagram and Twitter at Neural Network Gold. Check it out. Today I talked to Christabel Braden, a musician whose first brain injury was 12 years ago. Today she shares her story and encouragement for others with concussions. This is the Neural Network. Alright, so would you introduce yourself please?
1: Yes, I am Christabel Braden and I am a brain injury survivor of over ten over twelve years. Wow. <laughs> over twelve years. I was gonna say ten years, but it's been over twelve years.
0: So what's so, your concussion? Oh sorry, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, no 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 problem.
0: Um what's your concussion story?
1: So my first brain injury was in when I was in high school. Actually, I was also a sophomore. I know Mm -hmm. that's what you said in your story as well. Yeah, that's why I, I was relating to your story when I was listening. I was kind of like crying a little bit because it's really hard when it happens in that time of your life during high school when it's a time when everything is uncertain you're growing you're learning you're in school which school is an overwhelming environment to begin with Mm -hmm. and dealing with a brain injury so my brain injury happened from playing the game red rover at my church youth group have you heard of that game
0: i I played that at my church yeah yeah okay
1: so we were playing it inside in the fellowship hall area Mm -hmm. and when it was my turn to run all the boys on my team pulled a prank and ran behind me and Um. rushed the other team and I ended up hitting my head on the wall and my head bounced off the floor and I was unconscious we think about a minute but we're not sure Mm -hmm. I was 14 and I I seemed totally, like, normal, whatever normal is, or, like, fine that night that it happened. And they put me back in the games and didn't call my parents. And it turns out that I didn't have a bump on my head. I had a dent. So there was pressure building up inside of my skull. My brain was swelling. Mm-hmm. And, and I seemed fine when it happened. But I went to school the next day. I was starting to decline. We knew I probably had a concussion. I saw one doctor and they were like, you have a mild concussion, you'll be fine, go back to class. By three days after it happened, I couldn't walk straight. I had blurry vision. I couldn't hold conversations. I was functioning around the level of a small child, having to relearn, like getting dressed and taking a shower and like all these things that were once simple suddenly Mm -hmm. became hard. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's hard because it's invisible. So, like, you look you look fine. Like, that's what people right. say, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I had really bad headaches and short-term memory loss, was constantly confused, and that's why I couldn't get myself dressed because I couldn't remember the order that my clothes were supposed to go on. So... I'd just mix everything up and try and put on my socks on top of my shoes and just get all mixed up all the time. hmm Yeah. And and so it was a pretty, pretty tough journey. The doctors didn't think I'd ever finish high school. And that's why Emma, listening to your commencement speech on your podcast about graduating high school and your story, it made me cry because I also, I never knew if I would ever be able to. hmm And when I was in elementary school, I had skipped a grade. So I was a year younger than my class because I had skipped when I was younger. And after my brain injury, I repeated a grade. Mm -hmm. So I ended back up in my age group. (laughs) But I actually changed schools because I was bullied so bad after Mm CBI. Yeah, we actually moved to a different uh, area. So that I could have a fresh start in a new school that had a better special ed uh, mm-hmm. program because I had an IEP, but where I was living, the school district didn't really have a lot of resources for IEPs, or they didn't really do a lot with it. Right. And so, yeah, and I needed a lot of help. Mm-hmm. So we went to a different, a different area. Wow yeah Yeah, that was hard I I remember feeling like I never fit in even after I started to be able like I went to school half days and to the hospital half days for rehab therapy and then a lot of days I would have to be picked up or I was was listening to your podcast you were talking about being in the nurse all day I had to do that so many times
0: oh yeah get to know all the nurses all the people who go there to skip class all that exactly
1: (laughs) And even at my new school, like, I was always having to go to the nurse's office. Sometimes I would, like, get so overstimulated that I couldn't control my emotions. And I would start, like, um, hyperventilating or, or having, like, temper tantrums in class or in the hallways. And I couldn't, I couldn't um, control it.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Messing with your brain can mess with everything. And that's what, like, protocol doesn't, doesn't make sense that doesn't allow for because a, so concussions are so individual because you're messing with your brain it's not straightforward
1: yeah, yeah exactly and it's really hard because people can't see it and well i might have a good 20 minutes that that person sees me it doesn't mean that my entire time through everything is good or i might mm-hmm. have a good day but then the next day i might not be able to function Mm-hmm. And it's just really hard. So, yeah, that was my first brain injury. I've had over 12 concussions since then. So it's been... I kind of lost count, the amount of concussions I had. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, it was like my brain just got so much more more sensitive. My doctor said that my brain seems to be more uh, sensitive to trauma.
0: Right, yeah. So, like...
1: My balance being so awful my vestibular system being off like falling all the time hitting my head on different things it's definitely been a really really long journey um oops I accidentally unplugged my headphones okay can you hear me yep okay yeah so it's been a really long journey and you know I um after my brain injury, like, I had trouble putting words together with aphasia, word-finding difficulties, but also slurring my speech a lot. And just, like, I didn't have confidence with the words coming out of my mouth, you know? hmm
0: It's
1: like my thoughts had a disconnect from what was coming out. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and thankfully, that's a lot less prevalent now. But there are still times that I have those kinds of struggles and days that I I can't function. My most recent concussion was this past December.
0: Wow. So only about
1: six months ago.
0: Right. So it's really And that
1: was Yeah, that was slipping down the steps to go to my basement.
0: Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) That's fun.
1: It's like everyday activities are a daily hazard when you have concussions.
0: Absolutely, oh yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so, um, but you know, I guess to pick up my story where I left off, um, I I was able to graduate high school. Yay. And I was able to go to college. Very exciting. And I went to a very small school that they worked with me. I had academic accommodations. That's the process I'm in
0: now. (laughs) Hmm? That's the process I'm in now, getting the accommodations. I'm also going to a really small school, so...
1: Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Yeah, Honestly, I don't think I would have graduated if it wasn't for that. Mm -hmm. Like, having an environment where all the professors knew me, like, there weren't any really large lectures or anything... So I was able to, when I got m- multiple concussions during college, my professors were really able to work with me. Seven out of the eight semesters, I had to have extensions through break to mm-hmm. finish all my work. Oh, um, wow. mm-hmm. And they allowed me to do that because there was I couldn't keep up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I was doing good quality work. It was just taking me way more time. So because I was a good student and they knew I was trying my hardest, I would get extended time. Mm -hmm. on a lot of things Uh, according to my academic uh, doctor recommended accommodations and I was able to graduate from college and I double majored in music and religion and uh, I actually spent a couple years touring after that I'm a singer songwriter and so I I guess I skipped this part of my story but I started writing music after my brain tree
0: music is really good therapy
1: yeah I never wrote any songs beforehand and I started playing guitar and writing songs and I took up piano which I quit when I was a kid and I started writing original music and that just kind of grew over time and now I have albums out about brain injury and songs about what it's like to live with TBI
0: I'll absolutely link those in the description of this podcast.
1: Thanks. Yeah. So I, uh, I, you know, I never really thought that that I would ever be able to do anything after having the brain injury. Like it takes away your self worth. Like you feel like, why would you even try? You mm-hmm. know. And I started singing and writing songs, and one thing led to another, and I started getting asked to. concerts and share my story and this was when I was still going to hospital for rehab therapy just a couple years after my first TBI. I was about two years after my brain injury and from there it just grew organically and I started singing and sharing songs and after I studied music in college I started touring and traveling the country and singing and speaking about brain injury. So I'll speak at medical conferences and brain injury groups and hospitals and rehab centers and sing and do concerts. So
0: You're so cool.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's really sweet. It's just it's taking it one day at a time. Mm-hmm. I have an organization called Hope After Head Injury. Oh, do, I've seen that. Yeah, I do speaking on Hope After Head Injury, and I do a live chat every Tuesday at 7 p.m., Eastern on Facebook, and um, I've I've gotten to speak at a lot of brain injury events and connect with a lot of survivors, and the number one thing that I always want to encourage people is like, first of all, brain injury is real, and it's hard, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and your symptoms are real, and it's okay if some days you can't function, and other days you might be able to do a little more the ups and downs through life with brain injury doesn't take away from your worth. It, you're, you have value and purpose in who you are. And, you know, I never want anyone to feel hopeless. That's why I have an album called Hope Survives and Hope After Head Injury, because I remember what it was like to feel hopeless after my TBI, and I don't want anyone to feel that way.
0: Right, wow. Wow. Yeah. So what were your main symptoms through your 12 concussions and now and?
1: Oh, boy. Do we have 10 days to talk about this? (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, To keep it brief, I would say earlier, like right after my first brain injury and like over the course of like the first five years were the worst. The first five years were the hardest. And it started to get better after that in terms of like my ability to cope with it. And my brain making new pathways and stuff. This was also, this was also 2007 when my brain injury happened. So a lot of new research has come out in the last over 10 years. Right. So people who are getting brain injuries around like more recently have a lot more resources than I did earlier on. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but headaches overstimulation, not being able to process, like, auditory stuff and visual information, getting flooded and overwhelmed a lot, like, all the time. My vision was affected, my eyes tracking differently. Um, It took me years to realize that I needed prism glasses. I didn't even get prisms until 2015, and Mm. my brain injury was 2007. It's and funny, so I
0: just I said, talked to a vision therapist this morning on the podcast. Oh, really? Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I don't need the prisms anymore now. Um, that's good. I went to a functional neurologist last year, Dr. Schmo, at the Functional Neurology Center, and it, it changed my life. For the first time in my entire life, I can walk without looking at my feet. Not in my entire life, since my TBI mm-hmm. feels like my whole life. but yeah. Um, for my first time, I can walk without looking at my feet. He was able to correct vestibular issues wow. that I had going on. Yeah, and so it was like I have dysautonomia. So oh, uh-huh. that's dysfunction of the autonomic nervous system. And I didn't even know until last year. You know, it's it's so hard to uncover all the different things with TBI.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. it affects everything. It does, My main symptoms: I had really, really bad short-term memory loss, like Dory finding Nemo level memory loss. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't ever feel hungry or full, so I'd forget that I'd eat, and I'd have impulse control issues, and I'd eat like five or six bowls of cereal in the morning because I would have no recollection of having eaten. Oh wow! And that was like. Really early on, and I have to say, I really think it's only by the grace of God that my memory is better, because the first doctors that I had early on, they were like, "It makes no medical sense for her to be doing how well she's doing now," and you know, I know that I'm, I'm I know that the brain has the ability to heal and neuroplasticity, and that the Lord's able to do anything, mm-hmm. and so that was a lot of my journey earlier on. I would say a lot of the symptoms I still struggle with and that I've had – when I've had re-concussions, a lot of the things that's returned is that heaviness feeling in my head. Mm, it's like mm-hmm. your head <laughs> – I can tell you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like – I don't know if I can describe it as brain fog. I don't, It's not exactly fog, but it's like my head is heavy. It's it, like my – I can't think. It's like I just can't
0: – It just it's feels like, like my – for me like my brain's been replaced by like three bricks
1: yeah it's like this yes that's a good way to put it it's like this constant heaviness that does not lift ever so it's like that heaviness failing uh, balance is a really big thing that I struggle with and that I have struggled with that has re- that returned when I'd had concussions my word slurring um and one side of my face droops when I'm tired and I've had vestibular migraines where I had like stroke-like symptoms where Hmm. like one side of my body starts to act weird and I start to lose my speech I had to go to the ER for that last year and I didn't know what it was like they thought I was having a stroke
0: right that's so scary
1: yeah I think it's a hemoplegic migraine something like that so really bad migraines headaches and it's like my tongue can't form its words like it's like I can't control my um my speech Mm -hmm. and that still happens when I get tired it's like I want my tongue to say something and it just like doesn't
0: (laughs) right right
1: yeah so that's that's a thing and um vision, light sensitivity, um, and yeah, I'm sure I'm missing stuff, but that's, that's basically a lot.
0: Well, that's not fun for you, but that's a lot of good information. So what uh, treatments have you tried, and what has worked, and what hasn't?
1: So I have done traditional physical therapy, occupational therapy, cognitive therapy earlier on, that wasn't as successful as some of the out of the box therapies for me earlier on I did Tomatis therapy our insurance Mm. stopped covering our other therapy and so my parents had to find something different and it's called Tomatis therapy and they work they do a lot with it with children with um, autism
0: so what is it?
1: it is a form of occupational therapy that They use headphones and music and different frequencies and certain activities to help with overstimulation and motor Mm -hmm. skills and stuff like that. And it really helped me. It's mostly used in kids with autism, but it it made a huge difference for me.
0: I got to look that up. Wow.
1: Yeah, it's called Tomatis, the Tomatis method. And I have also found help with acupuncture, I seem to respond really well to like electric stim therapy type things, mm-hmm. and I didn't find that out until more recently, but I was always getting these migraines on one side of my head constantly, and there was a DO, a doctor of osteopathic medicine at the rehab hospital that I would go to for my physiatrist doctor, which is a doctor of rehab, and. She was like, let's try acupuncture with stim. And so I laid down, and I was a little apprehensive because I'd only ever seen, like, weird things about acupuncture. Mm-hmm. But she just put, like, a couple needles, which you don't even feel Yeah. at all. They're so tiny in the back of my head. And she put electric stim on it, and it relaxed the muscle, and I never had a migraine there again.
0: Wow, that's awesome.
1: After one time.
0: That's yeah. incredible.
1: So... So that was really helpful, but I would say the number one thing has been functional neurology, which I only discovered last year. And I went to the Functional Neurology Center in Minnesota, and they have a one-week intensive that they do for post-concussive syndrome. And in that one week, I had more improvements than I have had in over 10 years.
0: That's amazing. Wow.
1: Yeah so functional neurology it's like chiropractic neurology kind of um, basically they take a holistic approach looking at how the brain interacts with the entire body they do like electric stim um, down your body and on your tongue basically sending signals to your brain and retraining your brain on how to interact with your body it really helped with my dysautonomia and my brain fog
0: wow that's really cool Yeah, I hadn't heard of that either
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't even discover it until last year when I met Dr. Schmo. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I think those are the treatments that have been the most helpful. I've been trying dietary things recently as well. So, I went gluten-free just less than a month ago because I found out that gluten causes inflammation. Mm -hmm. And if your brain is more... if If you're eating inflammatory foods, then you can have more headaches and brain fog. And so, I've been working towards eating an anti-inflammatory diet, and I have to say, I've had my brain fog is so much better. Good. Wow. Since I've been off of gluten. So, uh-huh. it's something I recommend everyone at least trying because if it can change your quality of life, why not? Right. it's
0: Might not, well not going it. to
1: help everyone. It it depends if you have a sensitivity or whatever, but I think it, it, most people I've heard, it really does help.
0: So speaking of that, what is something that helps you? For me, it's like my dogs and chocolate. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love those things too.
0: <laughs> those are good things. dogs
1: and chocolate.
0: The, the necessity chocolate
1: is anti-inflammatory.
0: Perfect. It is, you know, 90% <laughs> of my diet. That is not true, but, you know, <laughs> not that far off either.
1: For your wish. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. Yes.
1: Um, I love music. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a professional singer, so I would say... Oh, I didn't say this part. My voice was affected from my TBI. Oh, so really? the whole right side of... I forgot this. The whole right side of my body, my muscles atrophied. So that included, like the right side of my soft palate and my vocal cords. And mm. I had a voice teacher that helped me with singing after my TBI and was able to try and help correct my soft palate so that it would lift when I was singing after my brain injury. And um, and so, yeah, singing has been really, really helpful. And it, it was really helpful in returning my speech, too. And on times that I find, like, when I was singing earlier, my tongue gets all mixed up and like i can't pronounce my words i'll sing and it helps so yeah music i love music i love my dogs we got a puppy in march
0: oh so, amazing
1: yeah <laughs> and uh, i love to read reading skills. even though it affects my eyes sometimes i got a kindle paper white
0: oh interesting and you find that Yeah. Better?
1: Well, here's the great thing about this for somebody with a concussion. I got it for Christmas just this year. The Kindle Paperwhite, the screen doesn't look like a screen. It looks like paper. And so it, it's, it's not radiating blue light.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So if you have the light off on it, yeah, and you can make the text as big as you need.
0: Oh, that's and awesome. And
1: so, Yeah, it, it was awesome. And so I really like that. I've been reading the Chronicles of Narnia.
0: Oh, Um, I read some of those, I think, when I was little. Yeah,
1: I read them when I was younger, but I got the whole series on the Kindle, and so I've been reading that, so that makes me happy. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome.
0: I love that. Yeah.
1: So, those are the things, and I just love Jesus. That makes me happy, too.
0: That's good. (laughs) So, are there any positive things that have come out of your 12-year journey with your traumatic brain injury
1: I would say yes yeah there there are I would say number one is the brain injury community and all the lovely people that I've gotten to meet absolutely yeah That I never would have met had I never had the TBI and growing in compassion and being able to relate to others it's been a really difficult experience but I think my faith and my personal Um, growth has come a really long way in having a brain injury because you really have to align your priorities when you have only a little bit of brain energy. Mm -hmm. Like, I might only have a couple hours in a day that I can't even use my brain, right? So you really have to learn how to make decisions that align with your priorities and your goals. And it's really taught me how to become a lot more um, confident in those decisions as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I, I just went back to school. Ooh. So I started an online uh, graduate school program. I'm getting my master's in ministry.
0: Congratulations, that's amazing! Uh,
1: thank you. And I was so nervous about starting because of my brain injury, but I have accommodations and I'm just really um, loving it so far. It's been really hard, but like I said before, you know, you learn what your priorities are. Mm -hmm. And I really want to write, I, I wrote a book. It's a devotional. And I really want to write more books and devotionals. I want to write a devotional for people who've had brain injuries, a Christian devotional. And I also want to write um, devotionals for women.
0: Sorry, what and is a so, devotional? I don't know what that is.
1: It's it's basically like encouraging words about faith. Oh, so like, that's nice. Yeah, it's like something you read every day that just lifts up your spirits and helps you to keep going in like a faith oriented way oh I like so like having hope like God has a plan for you today keep going those kind of things
0: (laughs) I like that that's really nice
1: yeah so um I'll I'll send you a copy of my book after this
0: are you serious wow
1: yeah absolutely yeah for sure um so yeah it's just I I feel like you know if we focus on the negative so hard from the TVI like The negatives are always going to be there, and we can't focus on them. We can acknowledge that they're there, but if we focus so hard on all the struggles, we might miss out on the beauty that life has to offer and the beautiful things and and the joy in life. So while I might still get really awful headaches and struggle with my balance and have a lot of things, I can look at how far I've come and the ways that I've grown and the relationships that I've made and realize that, you know, yes, I'm a brain injury survivor and that doesn't make me less of a person. Like, I can still keep going and move forward and shoot for the stars, you know?
0: That's beautiful, yeah. Do you have any advice for people who are going through concussions right now?
1: I would say never give up on yourself. And that it's okay to give yourself a break and take time and give yourself grace. A lot of days are going to be hard, but it doesn't define who you are. You can get through this and you're stronger than you think you are. So don't give up on your dreams. You might have to pursue them differently, slower, maybe, in a different way. But I believe anyone with a brain injury can, can do whatever you put your heart to, put your mind to. It might just have to do it different. So continue to move forward and know that you can get through this.
0: I love that. I really do. I love the way you said that. Is there anything else yeah. I missed for the interview that you'd like to talk about?
1: Um, huh. Well, I do have a podcast. Ooh. My podcast is called Declaration Life, and I've interviewed a lot of people with brain injuries on there, as well as other chronic illnesses and just a, a lot of variety. I interview women on that podcast, and I actually did an episode about brain health with Dr. Schmo, the doctor I was mm-hmm. talking about earlier. So you can check that out on Declaration Life. I'll
0: and link that too.
1: Yeah, I have a YouTube channel.
0: What's that Research called?
1: Christopher Braden. Perfect. <laughs> My website's ChristabelBraden.com. And um, I'd love to be in touch. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Thank you so and much. And
1: Emma, I love what you're doing for your Girl Scout project. Thank this is you. amazing. Thank you so much. And I'm honored
0: to be on your (laughs) podcast. Thank you. That was the Neural Network. Thank you so much for listening. As always, this is a Girl Scout Gold Award project by me, Emma. And you can find us now on Instagram and Twitter
1: at Neural Network Gold. Thank you.